I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the the culture that's going on with the wokeness, uh, because there's been a, just a lot of lot going on with these corporations and how they're going woke. And you know, I've been wrestling for years with this topic um, because I don't fully feel like I don't feel like I don't feel like I fully understand what the motives are um, but I'm peeling the onion and I'm trying to get to the bottom of it because there's got to be something about it you know I was speaking with a friend of mine over the weekend about this it's a person that works at a very prestigious um, organization that impacts branding and marketing and she happens to be very woke and very left Um. And I was asking her about, you know, the, um, the, uh, you know, the decision behind the branding, the decision behind the branding of, of, uh, you know, of, of, of the uh, Bud Light, the Bud Light situation and Dylan Mulvaney, and it got me to thinking about the whole thing, and, and. Uh, you know, it turns out that the person behind, you know, the goofball behind the uh, decision was a person named uh, named uh, Allison, Alisa Gordon, Alisa Gordon. Right. So I was thinking about that and I was thinking, OK, well, she's a Wharton grad and no surprise there. Uh, she went to Wharton. She's the VP for Bud Light, first female to le- lead the uh, largest beer brand in the industry, right? So there she is doing her thing and, you know, making all kinds of decisions based on this stuff. And so I have this, I also have this article that I'm going to try to get to real quick. I, I didn't have this queued up, but this is her clip. This is her audio clip 
about her systematic approach to this. And let's take a listen to this. Well, I'm a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we Mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men Mm -hmm. and representation is at sort of the heart of evolution you've got to see people who reflect you in the work and we had this hangover i mean bud light had been kind of a brand of fratty kind of out of touch humor and it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach so i'm a business so, you know, you when you look at her face, she looks like a wackadoodle. You know, she looks like this radical left-wingy uh, type of person who just comes up with these kindergarten-level uh, analysis. I mean, that's kindergarten-level analysis right there. That is just total BS. What are they teaching at Wharton? What are they teaching in the School of Branding and Marketing at Wharton? And so uh, this guy I follow on Substack, he, Constantine Kissin, he, he wrote this. He said, why brands don't care about your outrage? And he said, it is extraordinary that for nearly seven years now, those of us who express concerns about the facts that our institutions have been captured by a woke mindset refuse to understand that our institutions have actually been captured by a woke mindset. And he says, I imagine, I imagine that, imagine that you are head of a marketing department for a brand your company organizes routine diversity and inclusion seminars for all staff. Your company donated to Black Lives Matter. Many of the people with whom you routinely exchange emails have pronouns in their bios. You're, you yourself, and by the way, her backdrop has like rainbow a picture of a a kindergartner's version of a rainbow like watercolor rainbows and stuff like she's just a goofball right she, running bud light many of the people who uh with whom you routinely exchange emails have pronouns in their bios you yourself may or may not be entirely on board with all of it but no one says anything and then he says uh, the point here, let's see, I uh, lost my place here. Okay, so the point is you operate, you operate in an environment where at least on, a, on the face of it, Dylan Mulvaney is a hero. The point of diversity, the way woke people do it, is that you must elevate people from oppressed communities the more oppressed they are, the greater your duty to ensure greater representation. A petite man who sort of passes as a woman, but only enough that you still know she, in quotes, is trans, is gold dust. And look, 
this this one's got a huge audience. Pass me the checkbook. All right. So now we just listened to that audio of this executive. But, you know, you got to ask yourself this, too. And this is something that after I read this article, and it wasn't even related, but boom. Where the hell did Dylan Mulvaney come from? Out of the woodwork? This little petite little man that's dressed up like a woman, acting like a six-year-old or a kindergarten or a a baby doll, is talking about body parts and womanhood and the whole thing and gets gets an interview with Joe Biden? I mean, let's face it, that's what happened, right? They got an interview with Joe Biden, Dylan Mulvaney, and you don't just get that interview in the first six months that you're, yeah, well, he just said when he said he didn't know what March Madness was, but he's on the, he's gone, he's on the, he's one of the faces now on the can of Bud Light. And, and so, you know, the uh, thing is, how in the world did he get that fast track, right? How in the world did he get the fast track? I don't know. But here, here is this just a part of the, uh, part of the interview right here. Stand up for my community and for any of the little Dylans that deserve a clear path to their true identity. Uh, Mr. President, this is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and, love you. Uh, thank you. God I am extremely you. privileged to live in a state that allows me access to the resources I need. And that decision is just between me and my doctors. All right, me and my doctors. So, okay, I'm going to play just like a little bit of that, right? Just that. But here's the thing. Where did this person come from? This person was groomed. This person was hand-selected, like just like uh, the casting couch. This person was cast. And remember, this comes about at the time when they had the censors uh, are, and they had all these, you know, and they were hiring all these different people at the White House. They were stealing luggage and wearing women's clothes and and running our nuclear co- nuclear uh, protecting our nuclear secrets. Um, you know, remember that trans person that was arrested for stealing luggage out of airports and wearing women's clothes and got busted. Or you got um, uh, Admiral Levine, Rachel Levine, whatever his name is, Randy Levine. I, I have no idea what he is, but. He's the guy from Pennsylvania that dresses up like a woman that wants to actually give children beta blockers or not beta blockers, um, puberty blockers, puberty blockers. And just go on and on with it. Right. And you're like, okay, what's the agenda? What's the motive? Is it is it population depopulation? Because, you know, these these dudes cannot have children. So is it depopulation? It might be. I mean, they're that sick. They'll go this far. And that's why I think they embrace this LGBTQSIT plus or whatever it's called now. It just keeps growing and changing. And they've become like a militant force. You know, you've heard of the trans terrorism. And they're militant. Much in the same way that Black Lives Matter uh, members have become militant and hate white people. And beat white people up and get away with it because they're black. And that's a form of so-called reparations. And they want to give $5 billion away or 
five million dollars to every family or three hundred and sixty thousand or four hundred thousand dollars to every family in California. San Francisco wants to do five billion, I think. In the form of reparations that nobody's agreeing to. They're not getting the full votes. They're getting them in some city council and then somehow greenlighting it. They just want to throw money away. And they want to divide America at the same time. And that's what they're doing. They're dividing America. That's one of their agenda. They're attacking Judeo-Christian values. That's another. But don't think for one second that the driving force behind all of this is to remind you that you are a herd of sheep that belongs in a corral that doesn't have a say in the process and should never think of speaking up because there are people that are now calling misgendering because you don't know what this person, this freak is, this mentally ill person that thinks they're a woman when they're a man. And somehow if you say, madam, or somehow if you say, yes, sir, uh, and the person's trying to be a woman that day, you could be accused of hate speech. And there it is. That's the problem. And how are they going to enforce it? They're going to enforce it with central bank digital currency. Yeah. In July, they're going to be passing FedNow. And the Federal Reserve is going to be passing digital currency. And somehow that's not even going to be held on a, on, on a, as a vote. It's just going to be mandated by corporate partners. And this is where the scary part of the whole Klaus Schwab Davos thing is. Because we just heard last week about Lagrande saying she's going to roll out the European Lagarde. Lagarde, uh, she's the head of the European Central Bank. She used to be a head of the IMF. She's got the silver-haired lady. And she is rolling out the Central Bank digital... And isn't it kind of interesting how these continents who have completely different ecosystems, one would think, are rolling things out almost systematically and in coordination with each other. Isn't that fascinating? Like they didn't get together and sit in a room and, and plan this stuff out. I mean, they're only changing the currency for the first time in the last hundreds of years and rolling this thing out and connecting it with social credit score systems and connecting it with vaccine passport mandates and... WHO has already got their peace in play. See, I mean, when I say peace, I'm talking about like it's it's another piece of the puzzle that has to be in place. Because the only way they're going to really get adoption, right, for people to really adopt it is to coerce them with a hammer and a stick. Because nobody wants this crap. Nobody wants the electric vehicle and the slave labor that goes along with it as much as they just want their car back. But they're taxing you if you buy a car and they're subsidizing you if you buy electric vehicles. And all the while, it's the Bidens that are actually invested in cobalt mining in the Congo through an Arizona-based company called Freeport McMoran and the battery manufacturer in China called Emperex, which we heard... Congressman Clyde talk about and we've played that clip over and over again and the thing is is that nobody even seems to want to blink an eye or care about this conflict of interest but right now we're on the precipice of World War III against Russia who's now partnered with China who's about to invade Taiwan 
and we're going to have a two-front war, and we pretty much spent all of our ammo laundering cash in Ukraine through a company called the Ukraine National Bank, married to FTX, run by Sam Bankman-Fried, who happens to just so happens to be the biggest donor of every politician that represents climate change and social constructs in the world, that represents these pronouns, that represents climate. And we all know that climate and carbon footprints are all about slave labor because they're banning manufacturing in the West and they're greenlighting manufacturing in the East where all the people are. There's 3 billion people in China and India that are going to benefit from that slave labor and in Africa and they're going to benefit from the slave labor that's going to be demanded by the consumption of the West, which is going to be completely automated, sort of like what Andrew Yang was talking about when he was talking about people's jobs are going to be obsolete. There's going to be automated trucks riding, running down the road. And what do you think that Elon Musk is working on? He's working on social media and Basically, information to proliferation and delimination. I mean, basically everything you're going to see through Twitter is going to be through Elon Musk, who is the pioneer of artificial intelligence through his new link, Neuralink, I mean Neuralink. And that Neuralink is going to think about not just what the interpretation should be from his GPS, which is his satellite systems that are GPS that are controlling GPS devices on Earth through maps that are coordinating and and partnering with Google. And, you know, here we are with a driverless truck going down the road that not only has the maps from the GPS satellites that Elon Musk is putting up every week, but also interpreted by his Neuralink artificial intelligence that can actually determine like what's a person and and where's a pothole and all kinds of other things that you wouldn't really have on a map. To make all this automation work, that's what you need. There's going to be automated ships. There's already automated drones. There's going to be automated trucks. And there's going to be automated cars. And there's going to be automated bur- burger flippers and car manufacturers. And everything is going to be automated. And you're going to be what? What are you going to be? In fact, they already have an artificial intelligence, these chat GDP, GPTs, these artificial intelligence that's just, you could say, write me some code for, so learn how to code, why? You got an artificial intelligence chatbot that knows how to code now. Write me a code to uh, formulate a uh, thesis on uh, X, Y, and Z. Do you really even need to go to school at this point? I mean, people barely even know math now because of the calculator. Well, let's just up the ante a little bit and make that a little bit more complex. And now you can write complete thesis and dissertations for your master's degrees through a chatbot, through an artificial intelligence scheme. But who is the one programming this and how liberally biased are they going to be? Because you know it's going to happen. Our world is, there's a curse word in there at the end, but we are, right? We are in trouble. So 
here it is. Trans pronouns. I'm talking about Alyssa Gordon Hammerscheid. What's her name? Alyssa Gordon Hernerscheid. Okay. She lives, oh, in New York City in Metropolitan. She got her degree from the Wharton School. She works at Anheuser-Busch in New York City. Not in St. Louis, but New York. And she's the vice president, Bud Light, first female, and she says this, first female to lead the largest beer brand in the industry. And yes, you guessed it. Her LinkedIn says she, her, right? She's all about it. She's all about the pronouns. Here's the VP of Bud Light Marketing, and suddenly everything makes sense. She looks like a, she just looks like a whack, whack job, like a crazy nut job. And here uh, it says, her name is Alyssa Heinerscheid. And if the if the I'm with her logo had an actual face, it would be Alyssa's, right? And, uh, and then she's, you know, there's a meme that says, Dylan Mulvaney pretends to be a woman. Bud Light pretends to be a beer. I guarantee you this is going to backfire on them. But Jack Daniels is doing the same thing. Jack Daniels. The drink of choice by Frank Sinatra himself. He had in his contract, Frank Sinatra, um, that you know I may, I must have a bottle of Jack Daniels in my in my green room. But trans pronouns are as much about impacting and controlling free speech as FTX was to regulating CBDCs and crypto, as much as nine eleven. The 9-11 Patriot Act was impacted our civil liberties or as COVID greenlighted mail-in election fraud as much as carbon footprint has been the slave uh, been to slave labor in China. It's all about creating one thing to get to another. And if they can get you to mandate pronouns, they can get you and they can get you to wear a mask and they can get you to social distance and they can get you to be locked inside unless you buy their drug. And then you go and buy their drug and then you can walk outside and you can travel and you can get in your car and go somewhere or you can get on a plane. And they're going to be able to control that more effectively with CBDCs, aren't they? Central bank digital currency where they they control your money and they could take it all in what if you step out of line they could say that people who are in violation or have a credit score of a certain uh size or a certain number certain value and that's all about their values not your values not your christian values but perhaps their their uh satan satanic values that you have to subscribe to or you're not going to be able to feed your family. It's getting to that point where even our machines, you know, our dishwashers and, and, and washers and dryers are all connected to the internet. And there's going to be a carbon footprint tax. And if you don't pay it, they're going to take it anyway. Or you're going to have to do less dishes and less laundry and conserve. You know, we had Easter dinner. We were the hosts, Right. And we had to think about that for a second because it's like, well, if they get to the carbon footprint tax, who's going to be the one taking that kind of heat? Who's going to be take the carbon footprint hit on cooking? 
Because that's going to, you know, tap me out for the month. I'm not going to be able to cook for the rest of the month, you know, under those rules. Or do I get a reprieve for Easter? Uh, Maybe not, because they probably won't like Easter. You know, the point is, is that if there's a limit, it's like sort of like going over your limit on your cell plan when we used to not have unlimited plans. And you'd conserve, or you'd go with singular that had this rollover thing, you know, where you can get it for the next month, whatever it is. And you'd have to take turns as a family, like, well, we don't have enough uh, carbon footprint uh, to actually host two events. So if we're going to do Easter, you're going to have to do uh, some other, uh, some other event, right? Well, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have um, a caller, and we have the caller right now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take this caller, and we are also going to run, um, we're going to run an ad uh, that we, um, this is a, this is something that we are proud to sponsor. And um, I want to play this for you real quick, okay, because we're going to switch gears. We're going to cut to a commercial really quick. And this is going to be for an event in Philadelphia. It's called Shenyun. You've seen their ads over at, at Epoch Times, and we're sponsoring them. They're they're sponsoring with us um, for the event that's coming up in uh, April twelfth through the sixteenth. And uh, let's take a listen to this uh, this soundbite. I have never seen a production any better than this anywhere. Breathtaking. It is absolutely stunning. I feel better about the world. I feel uplifted. Invigorating. It was encouraging. Gave me hope. This has just been therapy for the soul. It's a must-see. Must-see. Make sure you see it. Make sure you see it. Coming to Miller Theater, April 12th to the 16th. Tickets at ShenYoon.com. ShenYun.com is spelled S-E-H-E-N-Y-U-N.com. So check that out. Um, Right now, we have uh, a guest on the Scott Adams Show. And uh, um, are you there? Yes. Good morning, Scott. Okay, yeah. So you are Dong Jing, right? Dong Zheng? Yes. Okay. Dong Zheng. Dong Zhong, okay. Yes. And you are the representative over at Shen Yun, correct? I'm the local presenter of the Shen Yun in uh, Greater Washington, D.C. area. Well, yeah, and I, I'm planning on getting tickets for the Baltimore event. I'm down here in D.C., um, but we also are syndicated in Philadelphia on 1180 WFYL. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we wanted to promote both the Philadelphia event that's coming up and then Baltimore, which is coming up a little later in the event. Uh, so if you can't make it for the Philadelphia event, then the Philadelphia event's going to follow, correct? Sure. I mean, uh, wait, so Philadelphia is first, then Baltimore. That's right. So then That's it's correct. Baltimore. So tell us a little bit about Shenyang. I've seen the ads over in uh, Epoch Times, actually. And that's where I first discovered mm-hmm. it. I said, I really want to go to this show. I want to see this event. Yeah, Shenyang actually is a very young uh, production company. It, is, it made the debut back in 2006. So it's not that, it's quite young. And uh, Shenyun's mission is uh, founding a new and uh, revived traditional Chinese culture. And uh, China is not a, uh, a lot of people are familiar with China, with Chinese culture, Chinese food, Chinese clothing, 
and lately a lot of uh, news about uh, China. But uh, most of people do not know what is the uh, essence of Chinese culture. We are talking about uh, a 5,000-year history of China, and China's uh, is is a divinely inspired and a cultivation based. It is very rich with its inner meanings, and unfortunately, Communist Party had done a great job to destroy the traditional Chinese culture ever since they took China back in the starting in 1949. So, uh, people, a lot of people, uh, Chinese people, uh, for example, myself, uh, I was born in China, I grew up in China, and uh, as a matter of fact, I did not grow up uh, grow up with the Chinese culture, uh, to, to be frank with you. I grew up with Chinese Communist Party culture. Until I came to the United States back in the early 90s, I began to expose to traditional Chinese culture, which is, which is totally different than what uh, I was taught uh, in elementary school, uh, high school, and college. So I was uh, uh, kind of, uh, first I was shocked, and second, I want to do what I can to bring back, at least let people know what the traditional Chinese culture is. So when 2006, Shen Yun made a debut, I was, it was very click with me. And I began to uh, promote Shen Yun in the uh, in, uh, in, uh, Washington DC area, including a Philadelphia area. And so if you haven't seen Shen Yun, uh, I highly encourage to see it and uh, I also encourage you, don't be late, because the first program is kind of, uh, how should I say, it's eye-catching, wow-wow effect. When the curtain opens, it, it, it gives you some visual uh, impact, which it's very mesmerized. So if you, if you Scott, if you haven't seen the Shen Yun, I highly recommend you to, to, to see it uh, with uh, yourself. Yeah, great. And I will. I'm I'm looking forward to going to the Baltimore event. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and uh, the thing is, is that uh, where's the Miller Theater? What what uh, what part of Philadelphia is is the Miller Theater? Do you know? Uh, that I'm not quite sure because uh, they used to have a different theater. Now they uh, moved to a, a new theater called the Miller Theater. It's uh, uh, starting April 12 to to, nine, uh, to 16. And Seven you, shows. they can get information at going to shenyun.com, correct? Oh, yeah. If you go to shenyun.com, uh, if you click uh, more information and buy tickets, uh, if you are coming from uh, uh, living in the great uh, uh, Philadelphia area, it will automatically uh, direct to, to a Miller Theater. And it has all the information there, including parking uh, things like that, so you you it, it it is full of information for you. Now, um, again, not to be confused, but this has this is not a reflection of communist China or the Communist Party of China. This is a reflection of Chinese culture in the way that you could be proud of. Correct? That's so correct. I'm glad, Scott, you mentioned that because uh, when. As, as a local promoter, I see, I hear a lot of people, uh, feedback. They say, oh, I thought it's, uh, I've seen it. I've seen it in China. Or they think it's a, it's a Chinese government sponsored show, which is totally not, not true. It is, uh, uh, it's produced by Shen Yun Production Company. It is, uh, Shen Yun is a American company registered in upstate New York. They have mm-hmm. art school there. They have a camp, a campus there. So, Every year, they come up a new program. Every year, they have a new uh, program, new music, new background uh, uh, 
uh, new choreography. So everything, every every year they come up with new because China has five thousand years. There's a deep reservoir for the for the for for the artist to get their inspirations and uh, come up with new shows. So it is totally different than what the Chinese uh, government sponsored the show is. As a matter of fact, Shenyun has been touring around the world, but China is not the country it is allowed. So oh, Shenyun wow. has never been able to. Shenyun has never been able to <laughs> perform in China. The government, uh, not only government will prevented from entering the China government did a lot of work overseas, tried to sabotage, tried to stop Shenyun uh, perform in America. So uh, it is totally uh, not the not the same show a lot of people are familiar with. Uh, mm. The Shenyun show is quite different. Wow, that's interesting that you're not allowed to uh, run this show in China, but you can run it in America. That's great. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yes. All right. Well, hey, thank you. And we're going to be um, running some of these ad spots on our programming um, uh, up until you know the event happens. And um, you know, again, we're speaking with Don John. Don John. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Okay. Yes, Dong Zhong. On behalf of Shenyun, uh, which is the production, you can go to Shenyun.com. Hey, thank you so much for calling in today and sharing this with us. This is great information. Thank you, Scott. All right. Take care. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, that was um, something that uh, one of our show hosts uh, brought this to my attention, and I spoke with one of the organizers of this event and um you know and they wanted to uh promote this uh this uh show and i've been looking at their ads over um i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a subscriber to um epoch times and so i have a paid subscription to epoch times and epoch times used to also um buy ad space and do ads ad work on our uh, billboard in times square so we had the billboard in Times Square, and then I also wrote for Epoch Times. Uh, I wrote some articles over at Epoch Times, and so I've, we've always had this really, you know, good relationship with Epoch Times. And every year, uh, you'd see Shenyun uh, and uh, their promotions, and I said, "Wow, that looks like a fantastic show. I want to go see it." And I spoke to some people, and we kind of worked something out uh, where we helped them a little bit, and they help us a little bit, and. And that's where that is. So I want to, you know, thank those guys for uh, partnering up with us on that. All right. So I'm going to get back to the show. Um, you know, when we have guests like that, uh, they come, you know, knee deep in different subjects, and then you just have to switch gears a little bit. Uh, sometimes we don't do that a lot, but we do it. Um, so we were talking about this. Uh, you know, this trans pronouns thing as a mechanism for the globalists and I'd say the deep state. And I would also say um, these uh, woke liberals to um, control speech. And again, it's never what it seems like when they start when Greta Thunberg, they put a little cute little girl out there um, with a degree from Finland, but they put this girl out there and she starts talking about how dare you and and if you could save the banks you can save the world you know that kind of stuff it's sort of crazy right um 
that Greta is the face of this stuff and she doesn't know anything. You never see her once speaking up against China's emissions or you never get to see her once um, talking about anything of substance uh, related to climate. Um, But she does say, um, if you want to save the world, save the banks, right? So I'm, I'm actually... (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually going to try to find that clip right here. Let's take a listen to this. This is quite funny. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find the shorter version of that. Yeah, well, we'll, t- we'll see what we can do here. Let's see if we can do this. Friends, we are living through some very scary times. Observations yeah, yeah. to share after having been here for a little while about some of the differences. You use a lot of air conditioning here. <laughs> There's a lot of, lot of differences, and uh, also in the way we we talk about the climate crisis. Of course, here it's more like it's more like something you either believe in or not believe in. And where I where I'm from, it's more like it's it's a fact. <laughs> So speaking of facts, um, you know, one of the, the, the consistent messages um, that you've taken into all of these spaces and, and that I know you will be continuing to take is that, you know, you're not telling politicians what they should do. You're telling them that they should be listening to scientists as a researcher. All right. So I have the clip. I found it while that was going. But here it is. This is this is quite funny. There is this debate going on in, within the Democratic Party as 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 it tries to decide who to run against Donald Trump about whether or not to have a response to climate change that is very bold, that spends a lot of money to do these transformations and this counter response, which is it's too much it's too big, um, it's too expensive. Uh, do you have anything to add to these debates about, about just, the, in particular, the idea that it's kind of too expensive to deal with climate change? I mean, it is, the money is there. If we can save the banks, if, then we can save the world. <laughs> I mean... Save the banks, you could save the world, says the young kid. Wow, that's just crazy, right? The banks. The banks are the good guys all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, when you think about it. So they're using tro- pronouns that not only attack Judeo-Christian values, they're using pro- um, the LGBTQ and same-sex relationships to curb reproduction and the traditional family unit. And they're doing it in such a way that it's it's sort of, deteriorating society and deteriorating culture. They want to cancel culture. They want to tear statues down, right? They want to tear your history apart. They then want to take money out of your pocket and give it to a terror group like Black Lives Matter or Antifa or trans terrorists, you know? And why are they doing it? They're doing it to divide America and we could stay busy debating on all these things or we can actually go go to war against these people and and we will likely win 
Um, but we don't want that kind of bloodshed. We don't want that kind of violence. They're the ones that have been violent. Look at what they did in Nashville. Look at all these things. But again, trans pronouns are as much about impacting and controlling free speech as FTX was to regulating CBDCs and crypto, as much as 9-11 Patriot Act impacted civil liberties or as COVID green-lighted mail-in election fraud, as much as carbon footprint has been to slave labor in China. See, it's all about the next step. And why is it that when I text my iPhone, in my iPhone, like the word trans, I get a trans flag? And if I, get a, uh, if I text Black Lives Matter, I get a black fist, you know, emoji, right? But when I type any conservative-leaning group or any concept that's conservative, I get nothing. I don't get any icons. Are emojis. Why is that? I'm just asking for a friend. You know, curious. Remember the guy uh, from Russia? He said, demoralization. There's four sta- stages of ideological subversion. And we listened to this guy talk. But he says, demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. So demoralization, education, educate an entire generation in Marxist ideology. Destabilization, economy, foreign relations, and defense systems. Crisis, violent change of power, structure, and economy. And normalization, a period of stability until the next cycle reaches a crisis point. That was Yuri Bezmenov, if you want to look him up. Yuri, Y-U-R-I, Bezmenov, B-E-Z-M-E-N-O-V, if you want to look that up. Ex-KGB guy from, he said this in 1984. Okay. And, you know, and then you got brands like Balenciaga, far more sinister than we ever thought, looking deeper into the whole scandal of Balenciaga, realized their, sh- their, their shoots go a lot further than BDM, BDSM teddy bears. Other photos show a much darker fashion industry. So, you know, there's that kind of thing going on as well. And who's going to police all this stuff? George Soros' DA certainly are not. So you you got this uh, new deal going on in Austin, Texas, where this guy is going to get a uh, army veteran is going to get a, a pardon by Abbott because they got this woke Austin DA down there in Texas that's crucifying this this uh, guy uh, for defending himself, I think is what it was. But Soros DAs not only fail to prosecute an army of criminals who kill Americans, Soros DAs also refuse to investigate election fraud that benefits from Soros NGAs, nonprofits, and his electronic voting machines. It's no wonder his Sololinsky disciples like Barack Obama and the Clintons and his World Economic Forum partners exploited their COVID bioweapon to rig elections with blanket mail-in ballot mandates and their army of ballot harvesters. Dissent was muzzled by masks and censorship endorsed by woke corporations 
who benefited from climate initiatives like the Paris Agreement to redistribute manufacturing away from the West towards slave labor in China and India. This attack on humanity was forged out of, a, out of greed, sponsored by the profits from cheap labor vaccines and EV mandates, you know, electric vehicles. Their ad dollars controlled their corporate media. Trump was their wake-up call to roll out their evil plan sooner than later. Giving up control was never an option. That's true. I said this about the Paris Agreement. I said, Paris Agreement is just another way for the super wealthy globalists and multinational corporations to profit from slave labor in China and India by designating them developing nations, delaying their regulations on carbon emissions like the COVID, it, like with COVID, it redistributes wealth to the elite from the middle class. And we know this to be true. Meanwhile, I mean, they're, they're sinking the U.S. dollar, you know, with our abuse of sanctioning everybody that doesn't agree with us in the world. People are going to a different currency for stability. And not only that, but the Western banks are collapsing. And so these sanctions did nothing but help Russia, whose GDP now is higher than Germany's. And where BRICS uh, has been forged uh, with China, India, Brazil— and uh, Russia and South Africa and 20 other nations, which are far stronger economically than G7. And Trump wanted to bring Russia into G7, making it a G8. We could have avoided all these problems. And we were going to be energy independent, but no. First thing Biden did was cancel the Keystone Pipeline, uh, put a freeze on all the lease uh, um drilling leases, and now you have every single um, carbon energy, fossil fuel, oil producti- producing nation uh, using a currency other than the dollar. They're using the petro yuan. So, I mean, when you think about that, that's a, that's a bit of a problem right there. While Biden and the American military continue to support the Nazi administration in Ukraine in a war that creates wealth for the military-industrial complex and the corrupt politicians who refuse to audit Ukrainian funding, while embracing diversity, equity, inclusion, and the ESG, Environmental uh, Safety and Governance, initiatives that perpetuate global slave labor markets, and draconian regulations, China and Russia are forging ahead with BRICS that has surpassed G7 and Russia, whose GDP has surpassed Germany. So where's the leadership in America? And there's no way that guy in in the White House got 81 million votes, right? He sucks. Biden's DHS Mayorkas has partnered with Apple and Google app stores, right, to support the voter registrations, data collection, illegal migration app, CBP1, that speeds migration of illegal slave workers to the United States. App data, app data will be collected by voter registration. Their ballots will be mailed indiscriminately 
and collected over the course of 30 days by ballot harvesters. Mules will deliver the ballots into drop-off boxes to be counted as needed after Election Day results are tallied. This will all be paid for by corporations and their corporate media fake news partners who benefit from the cheap labor that's coming across the southern border and cartel lobbyists in the form of campaign donations to keep everything running smoothly. And they'll spend that money to politicians who support open borders and relaxed investigations by Soros DAs and investigators who won't do a doggone thing. How do you like that? Which is why the SIG verification threshold, uh, this, is, uh, this is another one, right? This is a big deal. So mass ballot, mass mail ballots and illegal ballots picked up, filled out, and delivered to drop boxes over the course of 30 days by ballot harvesters lack one thing. They lack signature verification, which is why the SIG verification threshold Katie Hobbs oversaw in Maricopa County was set to 10% match. AZ Supreme Court sent the case to the lower courts for litigation. So that could be a big deal, right? That that litigation could go somewhere for a change. And I said, and here it is. Uh, this is also what the 80 billion, 87,000 IRS personnel upgraded what upgrade was all about. The Fed just announced it will introduce its FedNow central bank digital currency in July. CBDCs grease the slippery slope to financial slavery and political tyranny. While, while cash transactions are anonymous, a CBDC will allow the government to survey all of our private financial affairs. The central bank will have the, have the power to enforce dollar limits on our transactions, restricting where you can send money, where you could spend it, and when money expires. A CBDC tied to digital ID and social credit score will allow the government to freeze your assets or limit your spending to approve vendors if you fail to comply with arbitrary diktats, i.e. vaccine mandates. The Fed will initially limit its CBDC to interbank transactions, but we should not be blind to the obvious danger that this is the first step in banning and seizing Bitcoin, as the Treasury did with gold 90 years ago today in 1933. Watch as governments, which never let a good crisis go to waste, use COVID-19 and the banking crisis to usher in a new wave of CBDCs as a safe haven from germ-laden paper currencies as or or as protection against bank runs. So this is this is not me saying that. That was uh, Jeff Cox over at uh, CNBC, long-awaited Fed digital payment system to launch in July. So this is a real problem, folks. This is happening now. And they're aggressive about it. They're very aggressive. And I said this is one last final thought, I guess. Um, And I was responding to uh, this person who said, it's impossible for me to comprehend people like Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, and Mike Pence. And what uh, what planet do they live on if they actually believe that they have a chance at becoming the Republican nominee for president? And I said, ah, this person doesn't know how the game is played. 
I said, rhinos like them run for the GOP nomination because GOP chairwoman lacks, Ronna McDaniels, lacks uh, courage, nor the ability to raise corporate funding for the Trump America First MAGA agenda. She panders to woke globalist corporate cronies for money, and she makes promises she can't keep, especially if someone like Trump gets elected. So like any mainstream uh, multi-level... like any multi-level marketing scheme, pyramid scheme like uh, Amway, where downline sales are predominantly generated from the sellers, individuals, friends. Like so, like if you're in Amway, you're going to sell to your family and your friends, right? Well, the politicians are doing the same thing. So like any multi-level marketing pyramid scheme like Amway, for example where downline sales are predominantly generated from the sellers, individuals, friends, and family. Um, Rana's GOP RNC is depending on individual candidates to raise funds from their inner circle donors based on bases and corporate cronies. So, like, Tim Scott has his own corporate cronies and partners and allies, and uh, Nikki Haley has hers. And everybody has their own little network of family, friends, and corporate sponsors and and donors and things like that. Those folks that they have good business relations with. Everybody has them. And so by having 25 candidates, they bring all this money into the RNC coffer. And that's exactly how this game is being played. So Donald Trump read this out for Easter. He says, Happy Easter, to all including those that dream endlessly of destroying our country because they're incapable of dreaming about anything else, those that are so incompetent they don't realize that having a border and powerful wall is a good thing, and having voter ID, all paper ballots, and same-day voting will quickly end massive voter fraud. To all of those weak and pathetic rhinos, let's uh, finish this thought, Uh, weak and pathetic rhinos, Uh, To all those weak and pathetic rhinos, radical left Democrats, socialists, Marxists, and communists who are killing our nation, remember, we will be back, and we'll be back stronger than ever. And, uh, yeah, so um, New York Post came out with an article that I wanted to cover today. It says, free speech falls to the progressive mob after Riley Gaines uh, is mobbed. She's the new Gloria Steinem, by the way. Riley Gaines is the new... Uh, face of women's lib Um, and women's lib was really an attack on the family structure Um, and we're going to get into that a little bit more in detail tomorrow but that brings us to the end of the scott adams show today i want to thank everybody for listening in today you check out magapack to find out how we're advancing america first policies to make america great again make a donation if you can and also use red state over at mypillow.com red state over at mypillow we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.